Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. Here we go. Hallelujah. Good morning. That sounds a whole lot better. Praise God. Well, happy Super Bowl Sunday to you. I bring you greetings from Nashville, Tennessee, where it is Music City, and we are always full of love. I want to say thank you. You all have been blessed with not just an amazing teacher, but an anointed man of God that is serving you and this city in the person of Pastor Carrick Butler II. Let's give God praise for the shepherd of this house. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing man and woman of God that overseeing you all can have a seat. Praise the Lord. Uh, I, I am on, on assignment today. Uh, I do believe that God has a deposit for you. Uh, I want to say something really quickly. As we were worshiping in that last song, one of the things that just stood out that Holy Spirit prompted in me is that yes, God made all of creation to worship him. But if you notice something, we as his people have to choose to worship him, which is the reason why he prefers our praise because it means so much more because we chose to worship. A star has to do it. The whales have to do it. The birds have to do it. They, they, they don't have the option. They can't opt out. He gave us a free will. And when we choose to opt in and do what God desires, oh, does it put a smile on our daddy's face. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, for those of you who do not know me, uh, I'm blessed and fortunate to be a second-generation NFL player. My father played in the NFL 11 years, the Baltimore Colts and the Detroit Lions. Uh, I played college football at Penn State uh, and then ended up uh, having four years in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons, 96 and 97, so y'all shouldn't be mad at me. But I didn't get the good years in Atlanta. I had 96, the last year of the run and shoot, June Jones. 97, Dan Reeves' first year. And we were like, oh, that was, ooh. So then I go to Indianapolis in 98, and we drafted some guy named Peyton. <laughs> but we went 3-13 and 13 that year, and that's the year the Falcons go to the Super Bowl. So I'm like, God, where are you? I'm serving you, I'm going to ministry school, I'm doing things the right way. Why would you let this happen? So then I leave Indianapolis and then I go to Detroit. So then in 99, that's when Barry Sanders retires. And then the Colts go 13 and three. I'm like, God, what are you doing? Have you ever been in a situation where it seems like you're following God and with, and with sincerity. But when you look around, things don't look like they're working out the way you thought. 
Okay, only two people. Can, can I get a hand? Can I get a wit? Can somebody testify that sometimes life does not work out the way I thought it was going to work out? And then you find yourself questioning, God, where are you? Oh, I'm the only one. Okay, it's two people. Okay, couple. Okay, okay, few over there. Okay. So today, we're going to be talking under the title of Positioned for Purpose. Positioned for Purpose. Now, I'm a teacher, so I, I, I teach usually giving a lot of stories, illustrations, examples, very down-to-earth, very practical things that when you walk out of these doors, you should be able to have some extra tools in your toolbox, some things that you could apply, amen? Glory to God. Where are my brothers at? Where are my, where are my brothers? Where, 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 did you have some takeaways yesterday? Do we have a good time yesterday? And if you were not here, you need to come to the next men's conference that Pastor puts on because we all left changed and empowered. And wives, you all should be, have another level of a husband that, that, is, that is loving you, that is equipped to serve you and lead your family. Amen? Glory to God. So again, we want to be very practical in, in what we do today. So I'm going <laughs> to ask you a few questions. To, to sort of frame this for you. Are your dreams bigger than your memories? I can hear you think. Are your dreams bigger than your memories? Because they should be. You should look forward to going to bed and dreaming again. Regardless of what season of life you may find yourself, it doesn't matter what your age, because you know God is on your side and always working an amazing plan to work in you and through you. In fact, when you drive in your car, which window is bigger, the front window or the rearview mirror? And is it even close? It's not even close. And when you're driving, how much attention do you spend looking in the rearview mirror? Only to gain perspective of where you are. So your dreams... The vision that God has revealed to you, is speaking to you, is leading you in, should be bigger than whatever is in your past. Mm. God has a purpose for everything. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're going to read verse 1 as just a foundation text. Praise God. Going to do Ecclesiastes 3 1. The Word of God says, There is a season, a time appointed, I'm reading from the Amplified, for everything and every time, for every delight and event or purpose under heaven. Is there anything left after 
everything. If he says everything has a purpose, is there anything that doesn't? So do trees have a purpose? Do dogs have a purpose? Do roaches have a purpose? I don't know what it is, but they got one. Do you have a purpose? You were not some, oh my goodness, I didn't know you were going to be here. Oops. You are not an oops. I don't care what the backstory is. I don't care what happened with mom and daddy. You are not an oops. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God was able, by any means necessary, able to get you. In fact, he chose which dispensation of time for you to be here. Look, uh, can we just make it plain? But he knew that y'all could not handle not having air conditioning. (laughs) Y'all weren't feeling trying to ride around on no camels. Y'all like all your hair. The one that's yours and the one you buy. He knew what his sons and daughters would like. He said, no, mm -mm, mm -mm. I know you like to have met Jesus, but no, you you like it better over here. You didn't catch God by surprise. And in fact, I had the pleasure of this week, I was in Miami for some Super Bowl things, and um, I had my grandmother, who's 92 years old, still lives on her own, has her right mind. We were setting up her Roku TV. She said, I just want to watch the cable box. What's all of this? <laughs> y'all, y'all. So we're doing all the things setting up, but we start talking about her life. And we start going back to her grandparents who were slaves, and what it was like for her to be born in a shed on the farm, to have a second grade education, but to value education to make sure that her daughter, my mom, would get an education because she didn't ha- wasn't afforded the opportunity to get an education, and now to live to see her great-grandchildren graduate from high school and go on to college is a dream come true because from her perspective, from generations past, those opportunities were not afforded to our family. And she's looking at life through a lens of generations. It's not just her singular life. It's my life is the sum of what happened before me, 
And what I do in my life today is positioning generations after me. You're not an oops. Now, if my grandmother can see things from a six-generation perspective, that's my grandmother. How many generations has God been intentionally orchestrating things to get you here? And then we get saved, and then we start going through our stuff, and we say, God, where are you? And he's like, why are you tripping? I've been working on a plan for a few thousand years. So why are you tripping about your current little situation? I know that is not per correct English, but you understand what I'm saying. We get so caught up because of our limited perception, and when we see things through our lens, instead of asking God, open up the eyes of my understanding. Ephesians 1 prayer. Allow me to see things the way you do. Let me see my family the way you do. Let me see my wife the way, oh, you're starting to get it, the way. Let me see my husband the way. Let me see my children the way. Let me see what I'm called to do the way. Mm. Do we have your attention yet? There's too many people frustrated with where they are in life and feel like that they should be further ahead than where they are. Some people feel like their best years are behind them. They, they, their rearview mirror is really, really big. And that front windshield is really, really small. Others feel like they've made too many mistakes and have wasted opportunities that they won't be able to get back and have opted out. They've disqualified themselves from what they believe. I know what God called me to do, but I did this. And, and, and have we all done that prayer? Don't, don't act like I'm the only one because I'm, I'm just being vulnerable. The one, that one prayer that says, God, I know I've asked you before to forgive me of this. And if you'll forgive me this one last time. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't act like I'm the only one that did that. One last time. I'll never, never, ever, 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 ever. <laughs> and God said, you know what? I'm not moved by that. I'm going to forgive you because I know you're still going to be right back here asking me again. That's the reason why from God's standpoint, my mercy and my grace, I renew it daily. Every single day, when that sun comes up, new mercy, new grace, I forget it. So that way, watch this, watch this, watch this. This is the, from God's perspective, this is the first time we're having this conversation. God says, your sins and your iniquities will I remember no more. The only delete button that God has 
is as it pertains to you applying the blood to sin. So when you approach God, washed in the blood, he sees you spotless. He sees you qualified for everything that he desires to do. We are the ones still bringing all the baggage and all the past and all the pain and all the stuff that says, God, why are you asking me to do this? Don't you know I did this, this, and this? Don't you know I didn't do this, this, and this? Why, why are you asking me? He said, what are you talking about? Watch this. Because he knows what he placed in you. If you knew what God had placed in you through his son, by his spirit, you would be running to be obedient. Turn to Jeremiah 29, 11. We know it, but the scripture is going to come to life again. Jeremiah 29, 11. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you're not even moved by our... Yeah, I'll say that. So, so <laughs> all right, so is it okay for me just to be act like I'm at home? Huh? Are you sure? So... I, I'm, I'm blessed to have four sons, and uh, my wife and I have a baby girl as well. So four boys and then the baby girl. Uh, my oldest is a sophomore in college. I have a senior in high school, freshman in high school, seventh grade, and then baby girl's 11. That was a lot of pressure on that last one, boy. I'd have, whoo! I mean, I already got a basketball team, but it's like, hey, because the plan was boy-girl, and so that didn't happen. So anyway. <laughs> So as a parent, my son came to me and, and was saying, you know what, I don't want to play football anymore. I said, what? <laughs> now, I will put this disclaimer. Even though my dad played and I played as a rule in our house, you could not play football until you were at least 10 years old, and you had to show you really wanted to play the game. I did not force any of my kids to play the game. It was something that had to be something that was a connection to their passion and their skill set and all that. And if you say you want to do it, okay, guess what? You have access to all these resources once you initiate it. Watch this. The gift is already in there, but once you decide to initiate the gifting, you have access to a lot of resources to support the gifting. But if you sit on your gift, all this that's at your disposal stays dormant because you didn't initiate anything. So my son, if I showed you his little clips and stuff, he'd say, okay, that boy got a, little, got a little something in the tank, okay. Being recruited and all of that, and he tells me, yeah, I just want to be a student in, in college.
I said, let's just do math. Let's just turn, 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 turn this to a math equation. What's the difference between going to school and being able to have the opportunity to be able to get a scholarship versus now you telling me you want me to pay? Can we just keep it real? Then we said, okay, well, let's just go on through. Let's walk that out. Did you know that a student athlete will probably have a whole lot more opportunities to get jobs because alumni love trying to work with football players more so than if you were just a general student? So if you want this type of career path, leverage the platform for what you want to do. Yeah, I'm sure you're not, I'm not the only one that's had kids so to have that conversation. <laughs> so then we get down to the reason why. So I ask, why don't you want to play? It boiled down to, well, I don't want it to be a waste of my time. put in all that work, do all of this, what am I going to get out of it? How am I going to know that it's going to work out? How am I going to know that all the things that I have to commit to, that it's going to be a fair or equitable transaction? And I'm sure none of us have ever contemplated whether or not we should pursue the things of God and you think about the commitment required and what you already have access to and trying to weigh, is it worth it? Okay, only two people. <laughs> so he was invited to go to a college uh, recruiting trip. And um, <laughs> he didn't want to go. I said, boy, um, see, I have access to his Twitter. So I, I was him, logged right, I can be me or him. So I logged into his account and I replied to the coach, I'm still looking forward to being there, coach. <laughs> I did what a good parent would do. I'm gonna position my son for success even when they don't even know what's going on. I'm working behind the scenes. He's at school oblivious to all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. He doesn't know that I've already talked to the recruiting coordinator, found out the recruiting coordinator is an alumni from his high school, found out that the starting quarterback is an alumni from the high school. The quarterback wants to teach him the offense already. Doesn't know that the head coach is a strong believer and has already infiltrated the entire culture of the program to mentor and disciple and to develop students on off the field, not just on the field. He don't know any of that. I've done all the I've done all the checking. So my college teammates are now NFL coaches. What do you know about this coach? What do you know about this program? Yeah, coach, I'm looking forward to being there. Watch this. 
So he goes there. He's like, I got to be there. So he didn't want to sit with, with me and, and my wife. You want to sit over there? That's fine. Go over there. You have your experience. And they recruited the boy. They made that boy feel like he, he was the best thing since Barry said. Like he, the, he felt like he was the stuff. <laughs> Coach answered all his questions, gave him personal attention, let him know, look, we can't win a championship without you. Don't nobody have your skill set. When I watch your film, man, I can just see you in our offense. Man, uh, we need you. I only got two spots, though, because we have a team. I only have two spots for receivers, but I'm reserving one, hoping that you're going to say yes to this school. I got seven kids that want to come. I'm saying no to them and yes to you. So you still don't want to play? He's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Let me put on that jersey. Ah, okay. God does the same thing for us. He knows that sometimes you need that affirmation, that validation, that, that look, it's good. Look, I can't do, watch this. God can't do what his will in the earth without you. Listen, so this is the 100, year of, uh, uh, 100 years of, foot of the NFL, and they have this all-time team that they made. I'm sure you've seen some stuff on it. Listen, so when God... The Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Ghost says, okay, let's make earth. Let's make it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, what should it be like? Okay, let, let's put trees and the sun and water and gold and let's put all this stuff, but let's make all that stuff for people that look like us. Amen. In fact, let's let him, let them be like our kids. Like they, we have a relationship with them and everything that we are, they are. They'll be, in fact... When we look at them, it's like we're looking at ourselves. Because they're made in our image and likeness. That's Scott translation. That's Genesis Scott translation. Okay. So now, they say, okay, but as time goes on, things happen, and man, it didn't quite work out with sin, and okay, we're going to need a team that can usher in the, full, the fullness of the promise. So when Jesus comes back, everything that I said would be this end time revival. I need my dream team on the earth right there. The glorious church that I said was going to be there. I'm, I'm, who's going to be that one? Hmm. All right. Well, when should this one be born? Okay. When should this one be born? Okay. But this group, this group, those that are here now, I remember 30 years ago hearing prophecies about, you know, about end times and that when Jesus comes back, the whole world will be able to know and see at, at the same time. Like, how in the world is something happening over in Jerusalem? How, is, how are people going to be able to see it? Because the technology hadn't been invented then. 
Kobe passes away and the whole world knew like that. Now it makes sense for us now. Everything God needs to happen is already here. And he chose you. Tell your neighbor he chose you. Tell the person on the other side he chose you. He's positioned you intentionally on purpose, for his purpose. And we're getting caught up in our feelings like a teenager. I'm sorry, did you find Jeremiah 29 11? Are y'all getting anything out of this? For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a what? An expected end. God has an expected end for you. He knows exactly what he's doing. The Bible says he's the orchestrator of our destiny. When we obey, we trigger blessings and favor and increase. In fact, I'll say it this way. Sometimes we want to grow. Anybody want to grow in knowledge of God and grow in your experience with God? See, God is not like the public school system. It's true. He is not like the public school system. Now, listen, do we have any teachers in the house? Any teachers in the house? Pray, thank you for your service. Thank you for your ministry. Hallelujah. Now, unfortunately, you know, we're going to get kids in, but you can't stay here in second grade, baby. Hey, come May or June, whenever you're school, you're going right on to third grade. You're not coming to stay. You're coming to keep on, well, whatever we got, you Keep on moving. We're going to make a little plan for your little development plan, but you are not staying in second grade. You're going to come and go. God's like, look, if it takes you 50 years to learn second grade lessons, you're just going to be there 50 years. If it only takes you a week, it's just a week. You can't grow until you do what you know. I'll say that again. You will not grow in the things of God until you do what you already know. What are the things that God has already told you? Stop doing that. Deal with that. Cut that relationship off. Why are you watching that? Why are you listening to that? I asked you to get up and pray. Oh, you came fast, but for two days? Let me come over here. That got real hot over there. Um... Come on, somebody. And watch this. God doesn't go to the next step until you've done that step. Oh, I want more. Okay, be obedient to do the last thing God told you to do. Because he's right there. He has not moved. He has not changed his mind. You know, like we try to do with our parents. Well, maybe if I just don't do it and I just wait and I can come back around and ask, maybe they're going to change. Nope, God's like, I tell you, go make that right. Go forgive that person. Go ask for forgiveness for what you did back here. 
But you don't understand what they did. You don't understand your purpose or their purpose. We have the audacity to hold ought against people that Jesus died for because they don't agree with us. So you're saying if Jesus said, I need you to lay hands on that person, but they're a red or a blue. Or the anointing don't work anymore? You're going to withhold that which you have freely received because of your bias? Which kingdom are you operating in? That wasn't in the notes, but that was free. <laughs> we all want to grow, right? We want to grow in wisdom. We want to grow in capacity. God, use me more. See, God does things more like the game of chess than checkers. See, we think chess, just king me, just link, just one step, one step, one step. God's playing chess. He's being very strategic. And every piece has a different function and capacity. We all get the measure of faith. But what do you do with your measure? Can we just make this very practical? So if I'm still at the pawn level, and I'm just here, watch, watch this. There's times where you sacrifice a pawn because I'm making a strategic position for 15 moves down the, down the road so I can get checkmate. So you think something going backwards, and God's like, no, it's not backwards. You're repositioned so you can win. But you can only see one move ahead. God's moving 10, 15 moves plus your capacity is based upon your obedience. Oh, use me. Okay, obey more. If you don't want to just be a pawn and you want to be a queen, it's amazing. Queens can do everything. Go everywhere. Bam. Whole other teaching here. You go get the family series next week. <laughs> Come back, you want to get that. But your capacity is based on your obedience. So if you want to be used more, you've got to allow God to develop you more. God is always doing two things at the same time. He's doing a work in you and a work for you. He's developing your character your integrity for your assignment. If you're not developed for the assignment, you could do something, but you're going to be that one-hit wonder. Man, you did it big, but whatever happened to? Because you didn't have the character, the integrity, God's DNA, mature enough 
to sustain that level. Let me just make it real practical. Okay, if I'm a guy, and during my young years, I always have a roster. Do I need to elaborate on what a roster is? And truth be told, ladies, y'all got one too. If I'm always used to having a roster, oh yeah, I'm in a relationship, but I got, I got a backup, and then a backup, and then a backup. Somebody that could be, I got the number. Have I got you yet? And if that's my conditioning, but then I say I do. What habits have I developed to sustain a, monog a monogamous relationship where I'm happy with one person? Does that happen just because I said my vows? Or does that happen way before that because I've developed certain things in me on how I operate so that way the goal I'm ready for? Even before I say I do. And if your daddy who knows everything, do you think he's gonna let the one that you really want to even be revealed when you're not ready to steward it? We're talking about being positioned for purpose. God's trying to position you. Oh, I want my husband. Oh, I want my wife. Oh, I want this job. Oh, I want. Okay, do you want the development associated with it? Because the greater the dream, the greater the preparation. It's almost like being pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. Are you pregnant with your vision? Because if you are, you're preparing yourself. Everything changes once you know you're pregnant. A clock starts and everything changes. Now watch this. An elephant is pregnant for about 92 weeks. Good Lord. I see women just like, oh, Lord. Oh, jeez. Oh, Lord. Oh, cha. A dog is only nine weeks. How big is your dream? If your dream is massive, watch this, it may seem like nothing's happening, but God is working the entire time, even though it seems like there's a delay. A delay is not denial. A delay is preparation. A delay is not denial. A delay is what? How many people still waiting for manifestation? Anybody, anybody waiting for manifestation? Anybody been waiting for a while for manifestation? Well, watch this. Now, I'm, I'm going to make this condition. If I am doing what God has told me to do, and that's why I'm waiting. Oh, that's when you can expect and be full of joy. If I'm waiting because I've been disobedient, I'm sure nobody in here has ever been disobedient. 
I still have good news because God is faithful and just to forgive us and make it all right and get you right back on track. See, your destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction can change overnight. Y'all pulling some stuff. I'm going to give you James 1, 2, and 4 tells us to count it all joy when we fall into adversity and do all this stuff that's going on around us. Don't allow your situation to dictate what you believe is happening behind the scenes. Your situation, what you see, is not the fruit or the proof of what God is doing in your life. His word is. His promises. And the more we stand on his word and operate, the more you'll see his word manifesting around us because we've been living and acting and speaking God's word, and now we can experience the fullness of what God has for us. So I'm just going to leave you with five quick things. Five quick things to make sure that you are positioned for purpose. It all begins with a relationship with God. Anybody here have a relationship with God? If not, that can be taken care of today. If you are in a relationship with God, you got to realize that when you said, I do to God, God didn't say he was done. That was just the beginning. God had been waiting all this time to get you to say, I do, so now he can start working. Mm. Were you done with your kids at, at, at delivery? Well, we had the baby. <laughs> we had, we're parents. All right, we're done. Or is that when the work starts? So what is God working on for you now that you're his child? Number two, we've got to trust his process. Psalm 32.8 says that he guides us by his eye, from his perspective, from his vantage point. We've got to trust that when he's leading us and guiding us and instructing us, the Holy Spirit is wiser than we are. Number three, don't put limits on what God can do because of your shortcomings. Stop looking at God like he's you. Moses did that. He stammered and stuttered and had a whole debate. There's two chapters of Moses debating with God He's uh, in Exodus three and four of him, hey, I've sent you, the conversation was supposed to be, hey, Moses, I've seen what's been going on with my children of Israel for these 400, I'm sending you to go deliver them. Come on, let's go. Um, oh, wait, oh, you sure you want me? Yes, I've sent you, let's go. Didn't you notice that I have a speech problem? Yeah, let's go. We laugh, but that's what we do to God. He calls us to do something, 
and then we start to put Number four, don't confuse cultivating your gifts with cultivating yourself. There are certain things that God has just gifted you in doing. I'm a teacher. That's the gift. But who I am to my wife and to my, hu- to, to my wife and my children as a husband, as a father, the type of integrity that I walk in, what I allow to be on my social media feed and what I follow. Oh, come on, somebody. That's my personal growth that I have to maintain. That's different than my gift that God uses for other people. Don't ever confuse, oh, God used me in this way as an excuse to not continue to work on your own personal growth and development. Samson had that problem. He had a major assignment, didn't he? But what took him down? What shortened or diminished the opportunity? That woman. I'll just leave it at that. And the last one. Ask yourself, am I really pregnant with the vision of what God has called me to do? Am I pregnant? God has had a plan for you since the very beginning, before you were formed. I knew you. You're not an oops. I strategically positioned you to be where you are right now. I placed things in you that only you can do. There are people watching you that are making decisions about me based upon their perception of how much I'm able to be revealed through you. You are the closest thing to Jesus that the world will ever see. I'll close with this illustration. Take a moment and think about the most influential people that have been in your life. The most influential. Some people may be in your house, a parent, maybe a sibling, maybe a coach, a pastor, Some people on your list may not even know that they are on your list. Raise your hand if there's somebody on your list that they probably don't even know the level of influence that they've had on you. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. Now look around. I never went up to you and said, you know what? You're so inspirational. And and when you're doing this or that, but... God placed them around you so you could see certain things that connected bore witness with certain things that turned on. Yeah, that's amazing. I remember when I was six years old hearing Bishop preach for the first time. I remember the first time I heard him quote a scripture, scripture verbatim 
without going to the Bible. I was like, mind blown. How can somebody quote a verse like that? Oh, I'm six. But something resonated in my spirit that said, I want to do that one day. Now, he had no idea. He was just doing what God called him to do. But along the way, you end up being positioned where other people see you walking out your obedience. When you walk in your purpose, you give other people permission to walk in theirs. Let's ask God to simply empower us again to walk in the purpose that he has for our lives. Let's lift up our hands, Father. We just give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Father, we know that you have called us. You've anointed us. You're equipping us. But we understand and acknowledge that there's still more. There's still more you desire to do. There's still more work to be done. We, we will no longer back down or back away. We'll no longer disqualify ourselves and say no when you have already said yes. We yield ourselves. We yield ourselves. We yield ourselves. Even like the song says, we give ourselves away so you can use us. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that it empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.